When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the second hour is here for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Show is flying by today. Flying by. Great per, to have you back. Per your your request, right? Yeah. I don't know. What what is per my request? Flying by. Oh yeah. No, that's look, this is a daily request. This is something we try to get done every single day. We walk in and we say, let's make this as quick as possible for the listeners and for us and for everyone in studio with us. That's the goal. We started today's show at if HBO and and the powers that be within the, the media rights holders of the NFL, if they want hard knocks to be with the New York Jets, Chad, they can make this quick and painless, too, just like the first hour. Uh, just name the Jets as the host of hard knocks instead of running this out and stringing this along as if it's some controversy when the Jets have no say whatsoever if they want to be on it or not based on the rules that are in place across the league. Yeah, and I, I even take it as an affront to me personally, when the Jets have some issue with it, quite frankly, because your owner signed media rights over, you were eligible to be selected. I, I don't care if you want to do it or not. In fact, you should want to do it. It's good publicity for your franchise, good publicity for your team. If your coaches are secure enough and know what they're doing, they shouldn't worry about secrets being stolen. You have final cut. You're like the director of a big film where you get the final edit and cut of everything anyways. There's nothing to fear. This is a show that's been going on since 2001 for over 20 years now. No one has lost because they appeared on Hard Knocks. <laughs> so man up and let's let's get this thing done because this is what people want to see. And in, in all seriousness, of the teams that are eligible to be selected, it's not even close. It's the Jets with Aaron Rodgers in his first time with a new team, with that franchise that has struggled so consistently trying to get over the hump, this is what the sports fan wants to see. It's what America wants to see. Let's make it happen. And it will. It will. It's the no-brainer. The ratings will be through the roof uh, for that first episode. Now, it's up to them. It's to up make to, it good. But it's also Or the, bad. They could be difficult with everything and not give much access at all. Right. Because you're right, they do have the right of refusal on what gets out and what doesn't, and which players participate and which don't. But man, it would be, can you imagine a camera behind the scenes of what whatever Rodgers does uh, for the uh, ayahuasca or anything else that he's doing? As oh. he, he comes in dressed as Nicolas Cage, <laughs> like he did last year. He's the, maybe slowly be morphing into Nicolas Cage, a- actual <laughs> Nicolas Cage, not just playing Actually, dress He looks up. the opposite of that now. That he's becoming, yeah, he's all clean cut. Yeah. Looked like he signed with the New York Yankees and not the New York Jets. <laughs> like they had a haircut and uh, yeah. proper shave, trim policy. He came in looking like a, a businessman and, and not like someone that's uh, fresh off the set of the, the Doors uh, movie. I, wanna, so I want to feel as Aaron Rodgers looks in this photo. Just refreshed. Just ready to go. Ready to take on the world. And ready to win a title. He looks like a, he looks like a Super Bowl champion. 
Yeah, he, he, does, he hasn't for the last couple of years. He looks like a man poised to go on a run deep into January. He does. That's what he strikes me as right now. Do you think that while he saw Jets green and knew to sign with the team based on his trip that he went on, that he also saw a new haircut and a new style and said, I need to change that up as well? Was this all part of his vision quest? I, or did he just... Maybe what, so. Was this a sober train of thought that got him to have this haircut? I wouldn't call it sober, but I also wouldn't call it a problem. I don't know how to describe Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers is exactly who he is, but I'd never envisioned he would be courtside with Sauce Gardner for Knicks playoff games. Yeah. He's bought in. He's the king of New York he's right now. Like, he's like Sinatra. He's singing New York, New York. Uh, it, 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 like Withrow as well. Yeah, like me and Withrow. Going to the streets. It, it's going to be difficult for him to live up to the hype, though. That's when he's going to be pummeled with uh, the media expectations or, or the crushing columns when things don't go well early on. And, you know, that's the other part of it from Robert Sala's aspect. I understand, Chad, though, if, if the coach and the GM are telling Woody Johnson, hey, we don't want the camera. Why should we be worried about final edit behind the scenes during training camp? We don't want to watch the show. We want to focus on our team. Well, focus on the team. You know, there's plenty of employees with the Jets that can look over the footage and decide, you know, what's going to be on and what's not. Like, it's just such a... Most of the time, the coaches just let it go anyway. Yeah. The, For the most part. Don't, don't worry about it. Like, have a trusted associate that can look at it and say, hey, this is something strategy-wise we don't want seen, so we're going to take this part out, but everything else is fair game. Chad, the, uh, th- this is the time of year where a lot of NFL players are doing charity events. Uh, you and I will be involved with some coming up, on golf events and others. Jordan Poyer, uh, safety for the Buffalo Bills, um, he, his wife, Rachel Bush, spoke out after the celebrity golf tournament that Poyer has done. I, I know he did it last year. He may have done it the last couple of years. Uh, he had to cancel it when the beneficiary of the tournament pulled out because it was being held at Doral, which is owned by Trump. And, you know, you've got the ECMC Foundation, I believe, is what this money goes towards. And Poyer didn't cancel the event. It's just the those behind the scenes did, based on pressure or the fact that you had those that were anti-Trump trying to keep a charity event off of a golf course that was a success a year ago. It's weird. And instead of just trying to move forward and do the tournament anyway, they just decided, hey, uh, we want it to be great, and next year will be outstanding. Thank you. We're not going to hold it at Trump National this year, like we did a year ago. It sucks when all of the confusion, the distraction, the arguing gets in the way of just raising some money for a foundation that a player's trying to do because it was success a year ago. They're running it back at a golf course based so, on the name of the course. So it's a little confusing because um, Rachel Bush, who's the, the wife mm-hmm. of Jordan Poyer, is making statements saying, well, we're going to do it there next year. This is just a postponement. We're going to have it there next year. Doesn't matter. Well, then why not just do it this year? And, and she basically cited that they were on vacation and they got some pressure from some sponsors or someone where they're not going to be able to do it this year, but they're still going to go back there and double down next year. They just didn't want to deal with it because they were on vacation. Um, this is, again, this is the double-edged sword of cancel slash boycott culture. Uh, this is why I don't like it. 
because Donald Trump owns a golf course, even if this is going to be something that raised a ton of money for a great and worthy cause, and people were okay being involved with this event, if it's anywhere else, they're going to back out and put pressure on Jordan Poyer to not raise money for this charity. And even the charity that's benefiting from it is part of the pressure put on him for this. Well, what's the end well, game here? Well, because the, all that ends up happening is this, this charity doesn't get the money. Right. It's for educational uh, ventures. And I believe they're based out of the Los Angeles area, ECMC Foundation. But the, the beneficiary, ECMC, is the one that told Poyer they didn't want to be a part of it based on others that were coming at them for where this well, it's tournament all, was look, going to be hosted. It's all unintended consequences for something that just makes someone feel better about themselves. Right. So here we have people who hate Donald Trump that feel like this is the stand they must take against Donald Trump. We are not going to support a charity that we've supported in the past because the event is taking place on a Trump-owned golf course. So now screw the charity. It's not going to make the money. We're not going to be a part of it. And then on the other side, you've got a situation where never buy Bud Light again. Don't right. buy Bud Light. It's all Boycott BS. it. But guess what the unintended consequence of that was? Uh, Outkicks even interviewed someone who lost their job because of that. Right. Who's claiming that it was a European-owned company that self-sabotaged the brand, which ultimately cost American workers jobs and benefits. And all that movement did was make some people feel better about themselves. And they, they said people lost self-sabotage based on the union that was so strong they couldn't downsize the thirty thousand Americans yeah, that were working it's not, here in the US. It's not hurting the parent company owned in Belgium right. that adds, you know, has hundreds of other brands that make a lot of money. Uh, you just it costs people that had nothing to do stupid. with a poor decision their jobs. Right. And here we have another situation on the other side of that, and it's why on this show we will constantly point out hypocrisy that because someone disagrees with Donald Trump, let's cost a charity a ton of money. Hey, screw those kids. Not, not only that, that are going to benefit from this with post-secondary that, school the opportunities. Charity is willing to because cost I don't like Donald Trump based on the pressure. It's so it. stupid, and it I, is. it's like you're in a washing machine going round and round and round and round and. Well, this is for a good cause, and this isn't, and this is just end all of it and have a discussion. Like let's no, let's have that. a discussion. We can't do that. We got to have a headline and a and a you know a fake so stupid uh, fake uh, controversy. Uh, by and large, the people that that we talk to, Chad, don't give a damn who they sit next to at a stadium. By and large, now maybe you do if you're in a suite and you're trying to figure out if the person next to you is you know, related to the boss or the CEO of the company. But when's the last time you sat down at a sporting event and said, man, I really hope I'm not sitting next to this Democrat today or this Republican. Doesn't happen. And no. nor, nor does it matter uh, if, if I'm paying to play in Jordan Poyer's celebrity charity golf tournament, what side of the aisle he's on because yeah. of a golf tournament held at a golf course. Uh, that, that, to me, is also just asinine. And common sense would tell you, don't buy in to you know, the phone calls or the headlines that people are trying to create just to cause a stir. When if you ignore it, the golf tournament proceeds. And you I, raise money for a, for a good cause for 
for educational purposes based on the needs of those in that community. Yeah, I see and hear from plenty of smart people in our YouTube chat. We're having a good discussion about this right now. Uh, Allie's comparing and saying, hey, kind of like the NHL, you know, the whole Jersey, specialty Jersey thing was to raise money, and now they're not going to raise as much money for charities. I, I do think there's a little bit of a difference there in that that is someone forcing someone to wear a specific jersey, and they're saying we're not going to mandate players wear oh, something they well, don't want to wear anymore. And you can still sell the jersey and raise money for charities all you want, no doubt, as an individual team. So there is a bit of a difference there. I just, you know, kind of going back to what you said, like Jordan Poyer, okay, he supported Donald Trump, still does, is a Republican. He's also, you know, a guy, if you disagree with that and him on that issue, he's a guy who's doing a lot of good work with him and his family for a very worthy cause. You supported it in the past. You knew where he stood politically. So why not continue to support it? Like that's, that's a time where we could actually be talking about a good story of people that disagree politically on something saying, you know what, though? Let's put right. it aside. This guy's putting forth a lot of effort. He's got some great celebrities coming to this event. It's going to raise a ton of money for us if you're the charity. Or if you're a sponsor, it's going to raise a ton of money for a group that we're interested in helping. So we can put that aside for a day and go play some golf and have some drinks and have some fun and raise some money. But instead, it's cancel-slash-boycott culture, spin cycle, repeat, washing machine over and over again. Stupidity. Yeah. And here's a guy, uh, here's a couple that are willing to, to get back to any community they're part of. Uh, in this case, this is something that resonates with Poyer, uh, with ECMC, simply saying, hey, uh, we're going to do a, a charity event next year. They didn't say who with. They just said they're going to run it back with the, the, the tournament that was successful prior. This is someone I would want to partner with regardless of where this is held. And there are plenty of charities out there, Chad, that are constantly trying to get their name and their, their overall business statement, their model for who they're helping and why and why it matters to the community. This is someone to call up and try to partner with if I'm one of the, not just local, but national charities that are looking to partner with somebody that's actually trying to put on a good event and do it annually, regardless of what chirping is going on behind the scenes. Totally agree. Chad, the, uh, the Paris Olympics may not have alcohol for sale, and this is based on a French law. This reminds me of like... I thought the, the French were very pro-alcohol. This, well, this shocks me. I feel like are, the French are very, you know, they're, they're liberated, baby. But They're out so, there, the French. Follow me here. I think they are pro-alcohol just like college football and college basketball fans are pro-alcohol. But if you go to the NCAA tournament, right, that for years it was difficult. You couldn't go to the SEC tournament and go up to a stand and buy a beer. You could hopefully try to work your way into a suite where you could do it behind the scenes. And that's apparently what's going to take place at the Olympics next year in Paris, where unless you're a VIP, you won't be able to... Have a cold beer while while watching whatever event you're attending for for the Olympic Games. But there is a there's a French law that prohibits the sale or distribution of alcohol in quote stadiums, physical education rooms, gymnasiums, and other sports establishments. Uh, the workaround is the different rules can be applied in certain hospitality areas. 
Hence, VIPs being able to consume booze. So the French will drink anywhere other than sporting events, is what I'm hearing. Art galleries, well, going to the movies. The wealthy French will drink everywhere. Anywhere you want to go. The aristocrats will drink at all artistic pursuits. Yeah. But if it's an athletic event, no, we're not going to drink at those. We're going to stay totally sober but this is, at sporting events. But this was more of like the religious aspect of what was happening in Qatar, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was, but you could also, that was very different. But you could also get a VIP deal for that. And have like a corporate area where you could go. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> I think about this similar to like college football. When you restrict or limit alcohol, does it lead to worse incidents because of binge drinking or sneaking booze in somewhere? You know, that's what I always thought about for years with college football. People are like racing to get done with every bit of alcohol they can before going to the game and leaving the tailgate. Are you going to get into some of those situations now at the Olympics? I also don't think the Olympics are a big booze fest, right? I don't think it's like a big tailgating, get sloshed at the game type event. Will it be in LA in 2028? Maybe. (laughs) Probably not. Who knows? We go big in America. We know that. We go big. John McClain joins us next in Tito Ortiz. That's coming up this hour on Hot Mike with Ed and Withrow. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kurt Schilling joins us in an hour on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Hope you Plenty to talk about with him. Oh, no doubt. I uh, hope you'll join us uh, on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel there. Search out Outkick. Uh, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you enjoy the show. You can also ring that bell. And every time we go live or other shows across the network go live, you can be alerted to that each and every day right here and at outkick.com. Speaking of Kurt Schilling, I actually have a baseball question for our next guest that I know he's going to have a solid opinion on. John McClain joins us uh, live from Houston. We're going to dive into the biggest NFL topics in just a moment. John, hope things are well. Things are very well. Thank you very much. Good to see you. So, John, what did you make of Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, coming back five years later and saying he regrets taking player suspensions off the table with the Astros cheating scandal. I wish he had put the player suspensions in there because then none of them would have told him the truth and he wouldn't have been able to prove anything. By offering the players immunity, they coughed up all the information he wanted to uh, make the decisions he made because he said at the time, if I hadn't have given them immunity when I interviewed them, none of them was going to tell the truth. So maybe the penalties wouldn't have been nearly as harsh as they were if he'd have done that originally. And they're still getting booed, you know, even though they're oh. on other franchises, but that's part of the penalty here uh, of yep. the, the, you know, the, not, they, they have immunity, but not with the fan bases or, or no, team. they don't give a, they don't give a rat. You know what, about what fans think in other cities the other day. And uh, I thought it was great. The Dodgers, Dodgers. Who, and I'll say this, when they beat the Dodgers in the world series, the Astros hit better at Dodger stadium than they did 
at Minute Maid Park and some of the Dodgers choke like crazy. But if they want to whine about it, that's fine because the Astros did cheat. They got caught and they got penalized. But it's so funny to me, all these players on other teams who were cheating at the time, like Carlos Correa and George Springer, they get standing ovations. And then against the Dodgers, I think it was Sunday or Saturday, uh, Alex Bregman and uh, Jose Altuve get booed the most. Altuve had four hits. Bregman had a grand slam. And it was proved that Altuve had nothing to do with it, and all these other players did. But somehow he's the poster child for the scandal. But he's he's hit and played very well since. And, of course, they've been in the American League Championship Series six years in a row, World Series Four times they've won two, and they won one last year without cheating. It's also funny because Red Sox were caught cheating, Yankees were caught cheating, and uh, they had very little happen to them. And uh, But I think that just makes it more interesting. John McClain with us, like the Astros, also a champion, a Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame selector as well. Dalvin Cook continues to float his name out there. They're doing a great job with this in, in what is the quiet season uh, across the National Football League leading up to training camp. Uh, most recently with the Jets, where he has uh, a former teammate of his that's saying, hey, we've got room, bring on Dalvin Cook. No teams, though, are being reported as showing a ton of interest in Dalvin Cook. Ultimately, John, what comes of this? Because it's, I, I think it's obvious that he still has a lot left, and at some point a team is going to have a need. It's just not right now. And what does it all could always come down to? It comes down to money. You're running back like Cook. You know, your your lifespan as a running back is not going to be long. He's going to go where he gets the best deal financially. Then he's going to see the team that gives him a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. Those guys are veterans. They're looking to get paid. It's a terrible time to be a free agent for both of them because a lot of teams don't have money. There's a story today. I think Albert Breer had it. And uh, Sports Illustrated that Cleveland's not interested in DeAndre Hopkins, despite all the public campaigning by Deshaun Watson. So I have no idea if Hopkins is going to get up with the Titans. That's where he should go because he's got an offensive coordinator and head coach who know him very well. And he's got an offensive coordinator in New England, knows him very well. So well, they hated each other. And he couldn't wait to get rid of it. So maybe it'll be another team pop up, but Cook, Cook will find a landing spot. Um, some people may think he's going to wait around until somebody gets hurt, but I think the first team that gives him a deal, his agent says, I think you ought to take this. That's the team where he will go. John, let's stick with the Jets. Why should I care if the Jets don't want to be on hard knocks? I don't care if teams feel like they have too many noon games, but it's what the television networks and the league decides, and now we've got a situation where – the league can mandate a team to be on hard knocks and everyone wants to see the Jets. So the fact that they don't want to be on hard knocks does not concern me because that's the team we all want to see. Where do you fall on this? I think they should be made to do it. That is the team everybody wants to see. The NFL, have they have rules. If you violate the rules, you get penalized. Now, what would be a, a good penalty if they didn't put them on there? No, no money, no amount of money. Take a number one draft choice from them. That would get their attention. You know, that when when Rex Ryan was there, he loved being on. Yeah. 
You know, last last year, Dan Campbell loved being on. Bill O'Brien didn't want to go on here in 2015. They did. They still finished nine and seven. In fact, that some say it's a distraction. They only say that after the season when they didn't play as well as they should have. Nobody cares about the Saints or the Bears or the Commanders. Everybody wants to see the Jets. I saw some speculation. Well, the Jets could make it hard on them. No, they can't. I mean, they're not going to do that. If you have to do it, you have to do it. Just grow some footballs and do it. John, where are we on the contract extensions or the possibility of them for Herbert and Burrow and Burrow waiting on Herbert to get done? Do you think he can just continue to do that if the Chargers aren't going to go at the same pace that Burrow wants to go currently with the Bengals? I think if uh, that's agent talk, agents want to be able to say they got the biggest. It's like Patrick Mahomes when he signed his 10-year deal and you looked at the value, you're like, oh, my God, there's never been a contract like that. And then if you looked at ah, that's not so good. It's tied him down for 10 years. Now, they're going to redo it. I bet it'll be next year. He'll be the highest paid in history. If uh, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert, he's got a better record, he's got a better team, uh, Burrow ought to be the first, and then Herbert's not going to get more than Burrow. And it's amazing today. You know, the contracts are great. to get an enormous amount of money, takes care of them for their lifetimes, their kids' lifetimes, grandkids, great-grandkids' lifetimes. But the fact is, the agents always want to say they negotiated the biggest one, and I think Burrow ought to go next. Do you think they get done before camp or before the season? One of the problems with the Bengals, the Bengals are not, the team's worth multiple billions, but the Brown family's not. There's never been that they're out, you know, they, they're developers or they're investors or they own a lot of businesses. They rely, as said, the Rooney family, on their football team. So, and when you guarantee money, you got to put a big portion of that in escrow and the guarantee is getting to be so big today that uh, I'm not sure that they could do it. Maybe they'll change the rules for the Brown family since they've been around for so long. But uh, I, I'm guessing if they get to training camp, it's not going to get done before the season starts. What are your expectations for Derek Carr in New Orleans? He's telling the Fresno Bee uh, about how things ended with the Raiders, saying he was very unhappy. Uh, things did not uh, things that things went the way they did uh, based on how things were handled. Said he was upset, he was mad, but the final straw was whenever the organization made his wife cry, and that's when he knew he was he was not coming back. He was done. Um, how does that carry over for the Saints? There has not been a lot of talk about him or New Orleans. That division is very winnable. And for years, we've talked about this guy needing a fresh start and how it could rejuvenate some of the things behind center. What do you make of Carr now with the, with the, the fresh surroundings and the fact he's in the NFC? You give me $35 million a year, you can make my wife cry every day of the week, all year around not going to get any sympathy he never won a playoff game I don't even know he played one I think just one and Carr's a really good guy threw for a lot of yards two years ago problems he had last year I'm guessing were between him and Josh McDaniels McDaniels has had problems with his quarterbacks before 
But when you had Tom Brady, Brady ruled the roost. And I'm guessing he's going to go there uh, and play better, but and they're going to win a bad division. Uh, Falcons, I don't see it. Panthers, not with a rookie quarterback. And uh, I just – Buccaneers could be one of the worst teams in the league. Yep. I think Saints will win it. Dennis Allen, I think in another year he'll be gone. He had two bad years with the Raiders. They had coach 4-12. and 12. He's a great defensive coordinator. They do have some talent there. They're counting on a lot of ifs. If Michael Thomas can come back, if Derek Carr can play the way he did two years ago, best thing about being a Saints fan is you ought to be able to win that division, and an 8-9 record may do it. John, a fellow Baylor Bear uh, of yours, uh, uh, same alumnus, same alma mater, Robert Griffin III, RG3, he went on with Rich Eisen, and he speculated that the issue between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen is an issue between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. And they had a bromance until that loss to Cincinnati, and things have not been good since then. What's the best course of action now uh, for that team? And what do you think about the Bills now with a Stephon Diggs that seems to be a malcontent and not happy with his situation in that offense? Boo-hoo. How many passes? He caught over 100 passes last year. He's become one of the best receivers in the league. These wide receivers are something else. You talk about divas. So what's his problem? Josh Allen didn't throw him the ball enough. Look at his targets. He got mad. And I think based on Josh Allen's comments uh, when Diggs uh, took off, I think he knew there's issue that had nothing to do with uh, money because he got an three-year extension of nine, I think three-year extension, nine-nine million last year. And Diggs is a terrific receiver. And one of the reasons he's a terrific receiver, he played with a really good quarterback, now a great quarterback. And you don't have to like somebody to throw him the ball unless you're a head case and a powder like Diggs must be. It shouldn't be a distraction. And you'd hope that uh, Sean McDermott can make it work because the problems extend to one game in which he didn't get what he wanted out of it. That's preposterous. And, John, it's not just one game. It's apparently one drive. If you think this whole thing is preposterous, wait till you hear the quote from Robert Griffin III, who said, in talking to people close to the situation, it boils down to that in the last game against the Bengals, Diggs was the most targeted receiver in the game. He had 10 targets in the game. But when they were down 17, they had a 10-play drive that ended in a turnover on downs, and Diggs only got one ball thrown his way. So you would think that a player of Diggs' caliber with the relationship that he has with Josh Allen, in those moments, he would look to him more often, and that didn't happen. And that's where cameras caught him yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline. So he's angry about a game where he was the most targeted wide receiver in the game. I mean, come on. And RG3's arguing now it's up to Josh Allen to properly manage that relationship. Maybe that's the case. But I'm with you on the boo-hoo comment with Stephon Diggs. I like with uh, everything you just said, just so shows the ridiculousness of that situation. And what if Diggs was double covered? What about that drive that was so crucial to the game if they doubled him? What if he wasn't getting open? Did Josh Allen just say, you know what, on the most important drive of the season, I'm not going to throw the ball to Diggs. Give me a bleeping break. That's just unbelievable. It's hard enough to win in the NFL when you don't have head cases. And people may wonder about RG3, how he would know this, 
I don't know why he knows, other than the fact Baylor people are just really smart and shrewd. <laughs> but somebody said they have he has the same agent as Diggs. And uh, if that's the case, then uh, I'm pretty sure we know where it comes from. Interesting that it happens in June as well and not in training camp. Better to get it out of the way yeah, now. Right. John, final uh, 30 seconds or so, and, and, and maybe we, we can carry this over, but what concessions are being made for Josh Harris to purchase the commanders uh, for future ownership possibilities? There's a lot of things about how much money you got to you know, have 30% liquid. Yeah. 30% of 6.050 billion. Ooh, you'd have to call RG3 to figure that out real quick. So, But you've got to be liquid. And there's some the, other The controlling rules. owner, you're saying, has to have that. Yeah, yeah, you got to have that. And you've got to also, there's a certain limitation on what you can borrow and has to do with your partners, and they want to get rid of Snyder so bad. I imagine the league's going to make concessions to get the deal done. John, thank you as always. Love chatting ball with you. Let's do it again next week. Jonathan and Chad Lack, is always my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Look forward to it. John McClain, NFL columnist. He's covered the NFL for five decades, pro football Hall of Famer and Hall of Fame selector. One of the absolute best. UFC Hall of Famer. Tito Ortiz joins us when we return. He's put his hat in to, to train Elon Musk against Mark Zuckerberg. Or is it all hype? We'll ask him next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton and Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Um, Tom Pelissero is saying that Josh Jacobs could hold out week one of the 2023 season. Quote, one situation no one's talking about is Josh Jacobs. At this point, if there's not a long-term deal, I don't anticipate Jacobs being there at the start of training camp. This would be a dumb decision by Jacobs to, to yeah. hold out based on the fact one signature by July 17th, I believe is it's that week, one signature by that day, that Monday, I believe, would guarantee him over $10 million for a position of wear and tear and the value of the position where it's not going to get much better. I'm on the side of the running backs and the great ones I'm saying that are currently in the league, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, there are others. But Chad, this is not the play based on the position. If you're a quarterback and you have the leverage, if you're A.J. Brown and you have the right leverage at the right time, you use it. The running back spot doesn't have that same leverage. Well, Eddie George is in studio with us and said the exact same thing. Said, I, my advice would be, young man, where's your leverage? You don't have any. To any yeah. running back wanting to play this game, and that's from uh, the legend Eddie George, who played the running back position in the NFL for a long time 
And that's not some animosity towards running backs or them wanting to gain leverage. It's just reality. So it would be a terrible business move by Josh Jacobs to play that game. Hutton, I've got an update on the poll question about okay. whether or not I should take my three-year-old Lucy back to swim lessons. After a disastrous After a disastrous experience. two days, but I made it a day and a half of an hour-long class each day. And for those joining the us, I said mark. the two other fathers that were there in the pool will shake Chad's hand when he returns tomorrow uh, and, and give him a fist bump and say thank you uh, for for leaving early. There will be no shame behind this whatsoever. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if this is because people just want to see me suffer or because they legitimately not, think I should take her back. I'm not answering that way either. 76% of people say come back, to take her back to lessons yep. tomorrow. Now, this has uh, evoked a big response from people. This is great. I love the, the photo. Uh, from grown-ups of, of me in the swim cap. I do wear a swim cap quite often, actually. But this is uh, some other people are like, hey, where do, you, <laughs> where do you take her? I know a guy that you can leave. When they'll, they'll, he'll take two or three little kids at a time. Oh, but you – And you can't watch. You wouldn't be able to leave, though. And, but right? I also heard from the same person that said they brought their young son and all he did was cry for an hour each day and wouldn't wow. do anything. So, you, I mean, even the instructor – you know, it's not some magic trick. They can't get them to do something they're not going to do or too afraid to do. So I'm torn, Hutton. I'm still... Let's go back. I'm at an impasse on, on what to do. I almost want to research other... This is your new softball team. Well, then it's, all, it's also like, is this traumatic now to where every time no. she goes back to this place, she's not going to want to do it? All right, so I need a different I setting? You, you just have to go right back in. Like, I, I benefited from that, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, look, I could keep her not crying and having fun the whole time, but she wouldn't do any of the exercises. She would just stand and play and go under the water every now and again and just be in the water without floaties on, but she wouldn't. It's not like the, 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 when she starts to scream and grab me is when I'm forcing her Can you to do the things the instructor's you? doing. Can you bring Evie with you? There are some older kids there, but I think they take the classes I think after. I she, she could help. Just saying. Maybe. Trying to help you out. Evie's passed this class three times. She's, she's already passed the this ace. class with flying colors. So maybe. Chad, we had uh, Trent Dilfer on the show last week. Head he coach did? at UAB. Uh, first year college coach. And, you know, he, we, we had him on because he had made the comments recently that man, we found it refreshing. Uh, a, a different take on NIL and the transfer portal. Where he said, hey, and he, he, he said with us, if... A player is good enough, you know, I'll use corner as an example. It could be any position. If a guy is good enough to go make $200,000 his junior year at name the, the top tier program, I'll use Alabama because it's in the same state. Who am I as a player's coach? I call myself a player centric coach to tell that guy, hey, don't take the money. Stay here at UAB or wherever, and not continue your career for one year, at least that would be the path in theory, because he would enter the draft after his junior season based on the trajectory that he's on. And Trent was like, hey, you know, if I've coached this guy who's probably a two or three star based on how we recruit at the level of the Conference USA to where the Crimson Tide or any top-tier team wants him to come in and play, and that's going to help his NFL hopes for generational wealth. Who am I to stop that player if it's in his best interest? 
and we'll take it as it comes. But you and I were chatting this morning. Rick and Bubba had Trent Dilfer on their show, on their program, and I felt like the, the line of the, the discussion points, Chad, kind of stem from our conversation. I'm not saying that it absolutely did, but it's certainly a branch on the same tree where he's now, Dilfer's now saying in, in kind of a, a follow-up, hey, you know, while I may feel this way, you're saying he's not saying there's an open-door policy for coaches and recruiters to come in to Birmingham with UAB and start scouting his roster, right? Yeah, we got into a really good conversation with, with Trent about how he is a player-focused coach. So and if he he's is. going to be he, – he doesn't want to be a hypocrite about it. If he's going to be a player-focused coach, if someone can legitimately better their circumstances and they feel like they can, he's not going to stand in their way, right. which a lot of coaches have said, and most of them take that stance now. I, maybe this was the wearing down of that point where he almost felt like, hey, I'm being seen now as almost weak. Like my my program's open to any and all people who want to come in and get a player that they think they can get an upgrade with uh, on my roster. So he went not in a different direction, but the flip side of this coin with the Rick and Bubba show, talking and, about what might happen with coaches who come and, after him. As you hear his answer here, just know that, and I think you agree, I loved his stance on the transfer portal from, from his vantage point as a player's coach. And when you hear this, I also love this response oh, about yes. programs that would be considered a shelf or two higher than where UAB is, taking a glance at Dilfer's roster. And you're going to play on national televised games every week, and that's really easy to say. And then kid shows up, and he's like, well, wait a second. Why am I the third guy? By the way, come try to get my guys. Right. Like, come, I dare you, Power <laughs> Fives. I got a pretty, pretty big platform that I can step on. Yeah. And if I find you in my kids' DMs, and if I find you – talking to high school coaches about my kids. If you're in my roster, I'm going to call your ass out. I'm going to say it by name to the biggest voices in television today, and it's going to make game day, and it's going to make Sports Center. It's going to make – because, by the way, those guys running Sports Center are still my friends. That's right. I still got their sale. So go ahead. I dare you to jump into my roster. And I told the American coach the same thing. I said, why don't you guys have the you-know-whats to stand up and say, get out of my roster. Right. I said, here's why, because you want their job. Oh, I want you said it. I want this job. That's right. I don't want no power. I want this job. I want to live in Birmingham. I want to live downtown. I want to go see my grandson in Nashville. I don't want that other job. So I don't care if you blackball me. Right. I want this job. I want the city of Birmingham to say, no, that's our city. That's our coach. Right. And so go ahead. I'm not scared of whoever the grand poopah of poopahs to blackball me. There is uh, Trent Dilfer, head coach at UAB daring the Power Five to recruit his roster. Chad, when he is working for any program, he is all in. And I believe him when he says he will call out those who dare try to poach his players. He will do that. And he should. It's, it's already happening. I mean, he, he told us he's already let a guy go in the portal. So, what he says is, accurate yeah the motivation for these coaches not to call out ryan day at ohio state or brian kelly at lsu i'm not saying these guys are the only ones doing it. i'm just saying coaches sure. of that ilk yes nick saban at alabama 
Go to any other Power 5 coach. The reason they're not calling them out, I do think, in large part, is because they want to be seen as someone who gets along with the coaching community and doesn't ruffle too many feathers because a lot of these guys do covet those jobs that they're talking about with those coaches. So what they also want is the ability to do the exact same when they get those jobs. Yes, you're right. You know, when the UAB coach, if let's say Trent Dilfer is anyone else, if he's Bill Clark, the old UAB coach, and he wants to move up, when the UAB coach takes the Arkansas job, let's say, hypothetically, they want the ability to go to UAB or other programs that aren't in the Power Five and raid some of their best players when they can. And if it takes tampering with those players, so be it. There are coaches who think that way. Trent Dilfer has an opportunity to be a leader in his field of being honest and not being a fake and coming right out and telling everyone, you know what happened to me this past week? Nick Saban, 45 minutes down the road, DM'd one of my guys. Or I know people on that Alabama staff, I will call them out specifically, who have called his high school coach about transferring in. He hasn't done it yet. If it happens, oh boy, look out. It's going to be fun covering that story. And I also believe that Trent Dilfer, who's made a ton of money playing in the NFL as a television guy, he is coaching right now where he wants. And he's not necessarily looking to move up or get a you know, get a, a job elevation promotion to another gig. So he's in a place of security and comfort to out those that come after his roster. So maybe Hutton, I'm, I'm hoping against hope here, well, but I hope he actually does it. Well, let me tell you who I thought of whenever I'm hearing this. And it's not Deion Sanders, it's Hugh Freeze at Auburn. There's an, I don't, have they signed a right guard yet in the transfer portal? They're one player away from having a completely new starting 11 from the group that was on the depth chart for Auburn football January 1st. And if you think about Hugh Freeze's coaching career, he was a high school coach at Briarcrest High School. He then, you know, is, is known for being the offensive guru that's, you know, a, a quarterback developer. He ends up as like a recruiting coordinator at Ole Miss. He then goes to Arkansas State. He becomes the Arkansas State head coach. And you mentioned like playing the game of the poaching because you're, you want to be able to do that. He was the Arkansas State offensive coordinator and head coach that became the Ole Miss head coach and recruited some really good players to go play for the Rebels at Ole Miss. Uh, several of them remain in the NFL right now. Top players on offenses. Point being, Chad, he's done it again because he went to Liberty and now he's back at Auburn, back in the SEC, and he's replacing everybody. And he's kind of the coach that no one's talking about that's doing the exact same thing Dion's doing. And it just so happens to be in Trent's, Trent Dilfer's state of Alabama. That's who I'm thinking of. I don't know it's this to be one. true, but Freeze played that game that you're talking about and Dilfer's saying he's not going to. Again, I'm, I'm just trying to connect dots based on where my common sense would take me. I have no idea if that's who Dilfer's talking about. If, if we're talking grand poobahs, I'm not thinking who frees immediately. But that's how he described it.
He could become a grand poobah quickly, though, be, if he has some quick success. He has victories at all, over the grand poobah in, uh, in saving two of them. Two in a row. At Ole Miss. Coach to do that. Yeah. So I um, I just hope it happens. Me too. And, I, and the, the higher profile, the better, or the bloodier the feud, the better. And I like where your head's at there, Hutton, because I think that UAB located in Birmingham, yeah. Auburn, you know, directly uh, east. Southeast team that went to a bowl. I think that there could be something brewing with them. If that happens, oh, that's and a oh, great by the backyard way, feud. To oh, be by coming. the way, Trent Dilfer's high school quarterback that he coached went where? Auburn. That's right. Didn't follow Trent Dilfer to UAB. Again, completely different level. I would go to the SEC as well. Over and we know Hugh though. Freeze knows how to work DMs. We know for a fact the man knows how to get in someone's DMs. He does. He's an expert, the grand poobah of DMs. <laughs>